Well, bond yields have fallen back a little. Are investors starting to question the pace of central bank tightening? Well, two ways of finding out. Listen to what the central bankers say, if they actually know where they're heading. And we've got loads of them talking over the next day or so. And then look at the numbers, in particular the US CPI, which is out tonight. This really is the only story right now. What is it? What to look out for specifically? And what does it mean for rate hikes? Maybe it'll surprise everyone and go down a bit. We'll see. It's Thursday, the 10th of February, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, I don't think anyone is seriously expecting it's going to fall, but you never know. We've got a small fall in the US dollar, though. In fact, we've got very little movement in currencies generally, except for a half percent rise in the Aussie dollar, now above 71.8 US cents. The Kiwi dollar also up quite a bit this morning. Uh, The Aussie, the highest it's been since the 21st of January, whilst US equities are on the rise again. Another broad-based rally today. Day two, 1.9% up for the Nasdaq this morning, 1.4% for the S&P 500, 1% for the Dow. Meta shares have climbed a bit of, uh, claimed a bit of ground back, rising 4% today, but they are still 30% down over the last month. And curious about Pfizer, they reported their earnings yesterday, $100 billion over the last year, but only $54 billion expected this year, and that has disappointed the market. I mean, did they think the pandemic was going to last forever? Perhaps they did. Uh, European equities are doing even better than the US this morning. The Eurostoxx 50 is up 1.8%, the FTSE is up over 1%, and uh, for a change, bond yields are down just about everywhere. 10-year treasuries down down three basis points. Ten-year gilts have lost six basis points, five down for German ten-year bunds. And oil is up a little, 1.1% for Brent, 0.6% for WTI. Gold is up 0.4%. Copper up over 3.7%. And David DeGaris is with me this morning from NAB in London. So, Dave, we've got uh, yields falling a little. Uh, we're not going to get to that 2% yield for 10-year treasuries just yet. I'm sure we will at some point. But this is today. It's just precautionary trading, isn't it, ahead of the CPI numbers? I mean, if, if inflation is on the upside, then, I mean, those yields will be bouncing back up again in, in, in an instant, won't they? Indeed. Indeed, Phil. I think there's just, um, to be brutally honest, we, we all understand that the Fed's going to be increasing rates in March. Uh, the ECB is sort of preparing markets for rate liftoff in the next three, six, nine, 12 months, whenever that might be. Uh, the mm. Reserve Bank's probably on a sort of somewhat different track to that, but the direction is pretty clear. Bank of Canada. Uh, and But there's no clarity over how far rates are going to rise. And I, I think we can look at things like, uh, you know, terminal rates priced into the market. We can look at dot plots and so forth. But I think central banks have got an open mind about all that at the moment, Phil. We see that through the comments of, uh, you know, some of the people we've been mm. uh, hearing from uh, even today. And I think, you know, one of the <clears throat> important uh, elements of that is going to be how inflation turns out, you know, yeah. in the next in the next three, six months. And, of course, in the next 24 hours when we get the US uh, US CPI. So I think the market's just uh, treading water at the moment, and waiting for that. Not just what inf- inflation is, but also what impact their policies have on the market as well. Indeed. I mean, we've got this big fear, haven't we? We were talking yesterday about, is the, the UK going to head for a recession? Well, that's going to stop the Bank of England in its tracks, obviously. Well, it? we heard from uh, Hugh Pill again today, and... Um, I think, you know, he, he I, I just recall last week when he was speaking, uh, he did a couple of interviews after the Bank of England meeting and although the height, I think he's pretty cautious about the outlook. He, he was careful not to comment on what the market had priced in and give his own opinion on that. But, um, you know, they're watching like everyone else to see what are the second round effects on wages from higher inflation. They know that, you know, you've got the national insurance charges going up, the off-gen 
uh, increases in any so energy. So it, it's not. It's a very murky picture there. Yeah, he might be so cautious. I, he was. I think he was, they've got an open mind on. But that. he was one of those who voted for half percent rise at the last uh, at the last meeting. I guess that was probably just well, a, there you go. a short shock. Shock wasn't it? Maybe he was thinking if we do that, then we won't need to do anything else for a little while. But we had um, who else? Have we had Luetta Mesta, um, uh, Rafael Bostic, and uh, yeah, we had uh, Isabel Schnabel from from the ECB. So, so Bostic saying Bostic one, four hikes by the end of the year. He said. Uh, you know, but uh, wasn't he saying three, or three or no, four? He said, "Yeah, but yeah, okay." Yeah. He also said, Look, "That's right, yeah, three, three hikes for this year, leaning to four. Okay, and Luetta Mester talking up the need to, you know, speed up the uh, those rate hikes, which doesn't sort of, you know, yes. suggest that we'd see yields falling the way we have. I guess in 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 fairness, Bostic also said, uh, you know, we're on the cusp for inflation, so it'll start easing mm. and get down to three percent by the end of the year. But again, it all just goes to show, doesn't it?" We, I mean, we we don't know. They don't know. Nobody knows. Well, I think I think the key here is we have to take these inflation numbers month by month, Phil, mm. and we can plug everything into our U-Butte econometric models and do all that sort of things. It's going to be important things like what happens with car prices in the next three to six months, particularly the US. I mean, that's a commonality, isn't it, across mm. Uh, national boundaries, uh, what's happening with the chip shortage. And not, we've been talking a lot about China and lockdowns there, but really the, we, there is evidence that uh, chip exports are starting to rise out of Korea and Taiwan, and that's where most of them come from. And, um, you know, some automakers are suggesting that there's a bit of light on the horizon there. So one of the indicators there to watch is the used car prices in the US because of the flow through from, from the new car market and right. sales did rise in January. So maybe things are beginning to improve. And you might remember, remember like earlier last year, used car prices in the US were rising, what, 10% a month for, for three months there earlier in the year. So are we going to see a reversal of that? You know, it's quite possible they will fall at some stage. Right. So instead of, you know. So if they're falling, that means more people are getting new cars, which means more cars must have their chips fitted. So that maybe means that uh, the transitory effects of uh, of the supply chain disruption is starting to ease. Is that what you're saying? It, pretty much, pretty much. I think, um, you know, it will ease at some stage. We just don't know when, yeah. do we? We don't know. But um, and it's got to be wages, hasn't it? What we're going to have is if we've got transitory effects which are being brought out by supply chains, then we've got to see yes. that easing before people start to demand more wages, and we get that that wage indeed. push inflation. Indeed, if if that can be finessed nicely, <laughs> so that uh, inflationary expectations don't pick up markedly, and that doesn't feed into wages. And or, you know, the productivity element, I think the evidence in Australia and the US is that capital investment is is likely to pick up, Phil, and that will help to lift productivity as well. You know, uh, as somebody I heard uh, say today, even replacing an old um, delivery truck with a new one will improve the productivity of the delivery driver and so forth. So that helps to keep, you know, prices in check or all those sorts of things. Mm. Uh, I know it sounds unusual, but new IT systems and so forth, you know, can improve productivity and output and so forth. Yeah. So, so all those sort of things help, don't they? They do. So is that what you'll be looking for then in those numbers? I mean, because it is it's trying, trying to decipher what mm. is transitory and, and what is more bedded in. Yes. Well, both use, you know, you remember when we were sort of looked at this big spike in uh, core inflation in the US, which sort of happened around April last year, and the big elements of that are things like uh, hotel room rates, 
uh, car car rentals because the car companies had uh, been trying to, you know, they were short of cars and suddenly everyone wanted to go on holidays um, and then there was used car prices and, and, and the like. Those, you know, there was like three or four elements there that sort of had a big influence. And if you look at used car prices in the US and actually in, um, in January, this uh, Mannheim uh, used car index is actually flattened off. Now, it doesn't map one-to-one each month with the element in the CPI, but the trend is there. So maybe that's an indication. It's still remarkably high. And also remember that unless these prices keep rising, uh, you, you will in time get what was previously 10% rises being replaced by zeros or maybe negatives, you know, through the June quarter of this year. So could measurably pull down the annual rate of inflation into the, into the middle of the year. Because of base year. effects. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. base effects, yeah, So sure. if, um, But if, if we find that it is easing off, I mean, you know, ignoring those base effects, we just, you know, we, we know for sure that, it, that, that the, the problem is going away, then, um, you know, the reaction that we're going to see in company forecasts is going to look good. So, mm-hmm. so we, like we've got equities doing really well today mm-hmm. uh, and, and yesterday as well. I mean, I guess that's just um, that might all change, of course, if those inflation numbers are high. But if they're not, I mean, look at the earnings results so far. 76% of the results for the S&P 500 so far have beaten estimates. Uh, but it's the forward projections that are not looking so positive. That's, and obviously that's, that that's where there's a lack of clarity, isn't it? And that's yeah. always the most important thing for equities, much more than whether it beats the estimates, because there's this game that goes on between companies and the market trying to downgrade what the next quarterly number will be so that, you know, yeah. they can look good when the number's released. But it's all about the outlook. And you've had car companies unable to give sort of quarter-by-quarter quarter projections because they just don't know how the supply chain's going to be. So there's sort mm. of some of them are even giving weekly updates on that. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's very murky at the moment, and we're still coming out of the pandemic, right? So and, yeah. and it's quite big effects, as we see. Uh- and they've got a long way to climb back on equities as well, of course. Because even though I had a couple of good days, I mean, the Nasdaq is still 10% down on where it was when it reached its peak in November. So it's pretty much where it was in June. So uh, even though it's good for a couple of days, uh, still still well down. Indeed. What about, um, let's let's look at Australia and how Australia is navigating through all of this. We are, NAB has revised its uh, Q1 GDP expectations down, not surprisingly, given Omicron. Mm. Uh, I think, yeah. And presumably, this you know that's also the Omicron is why we saw the the Westpac consumer confidence read yesterday down one point three percent in February. That was on top of a two percent fall in January. So still, yes. you know, not a lot of not a lot of confidence in the market there right is, now. There is, yeah, there's some nagging issues there, aren't there? I mean, mm. you've not only had Omicron in Australia, the atmosphere here, the atmosphere in the UK is is quite different. I mean, we hardly hear any news of the virus, and yet. In, in, uh, in Australia, it's still front page news. Plus, you've had the Reserve Bank meeting last week. So that was in, in the survey period. Uh, so there's sort of possible interest rate, interest, interest rate worries coming out of that. And of course, cost of living issues, inflation and so forth. So it's not a clean bill of health for, uh, for consumers, even though they are cashed up courtesy of the, of the pandemic and jobs yeah, are plenty. Yeah. So I guess the expectation is if we get over that, Things are going to bounce back uh, much stronger in uh, towards the end of the year. So I think NAB's forecast is uh, is three percent growth overall, three point seven percent growth overall this year, two point five percent in twenty twenty three. So uh, uh, you know it's, it's still not still not bad. I'm not sure if there's anything that's going to stop us getting there. It's just going to be the same as the rest of the world, isn't it? It's going to be supply. <laughs> yes, 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 and and, and probably 
a trend decline in the unemployment rate, you know, further, you know, below, below a sub 4% unemployment rate, which, you know, we haven't seen for uh, quite a long period of time. So just to add to the woes in the UK, by the way, uh, did I hear right today that Boris Johnson has brought forward uh, the, uh, the, the by a month, uh, the, the time at which you don't need to isolate, even if you've tested positive for Omicron, if you're, if you're not showing symptoms? That sounds like an absolute disaster. If you want the disease to spread far and wide, just throw people into the community who've got it. Well... I understand that, but do we trust that the vaccines and the treatment of the disease are doing their job? Uh, have really are doing their job. Mm. If you do, otherwise, yeah, we may never be out of isolation, <laughs> and and uh, it, it does have economic effects. Mm. You know, if people can't go to work. The UK has been a useful petri dish through all of this, hasn't it? So we'll do, we'll just go. Through, we'll go through the next stage. Look, so building permits for Australia this morning. Hopefully, we'll get new yuan loans from uh, from China as well, and then. Obviously, late tonight, those inflation numbers and the weekly jobless claims. We get, actually, interestingly, we get German inflation as well, don't we, tomorrow, not uh, uh, after tomorrow morning's podcast. And Andrew Bailey as well, talking as well. And uh, tomorrow morning at 6.15, we've got Philip Lowe tomorrow after tomorrow's podcast. He, pro- mm-hmm. yeah, he probably mm-hmm. holds off saying anything till he's listened to what we have to say. Uh, of course he does. Yeah, but, uh, look, if you want to <laughs> listen to central bankers, I tell you, there's, there's lots of them. And actually, probably more than ever, this is the time to listen to them, isn't it? It is, um, you know, they're um, but they're pretty good at uh, at um, you know having an each way bet, aren't they? Yeah, but we can look too. and see how their views are changing over time. For me, still, it's the uh, the inflation story is probably right at the top of the top of the tree, and the jobless claims number as well. Yeah, uh, they've been going up, but payrolls have been red hot. So, uh, so there you go. We'll see how that pans out. All right, great to talk. We'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Dave. Good on you, Phil. Cheers. And that's how it looks this Thursday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.